1: So put on your tiara,
0: or your evil crown,
1: and join us on our adventure.
0: This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello listeners, we are back today with Walt Disney's 1970 The Aristocats.
1: I don't think I've seen this one.
0: I've not seen this one.
1: So this is going to be an interesting episode because I I feel like I know a bit about it. I don't have any really strong feelings for it, and I haven't seen it, and and I think you're kind of the same way. I don't know how you have feelings for it if you know much about it. I
0: don't know anything about it. I mean, besides the the research I've done, the facts I found, and the everybody wants to be a cat. I, I, I know that song, but that's about it.
1: I think I know it mostly from that. I think I know it mostly from, a. there's probably a DTV version. I think there was also a lot of this they would do, DTV version of, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. He sings... Uh, Brian Setzer, Brian it's a Brian mm. group, uh, the Brian Setzer group, Stray Cats. Yeah, no, it was before that when it was oh, just the, the okay. trio. So they did a, I think they did Stray Cat Strut, and they would show videos from this. Mm.
0: There also was, I I don't know if you ever had them, but we had the Disney sing-alongs where you'd follow the bouncing ball and yes. like sing along. So I'm curious if maybe this was on one of those tapes because we had a lot of those VHS tapes. I
1: think those doubled up in DTVs because I distinctly uh, okay. remember DTVs that had bouncing ball scenarios. Yeah. Um, this one, you want to read us the, uh, uh, synopsis? Sure.
0: So with the help of a smooth talking Tomcat, a family of Parisian felines set to inherit a fortune from their owner, try to make it back home after a jealous Butler kidnaps them and leaves them in the country.
1: So this is very loosely based off a true story. Did you I that? read that. Yeah. So not, it, not, not like the, the, the story being a rich woman left her cat's money. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, and it was based on a real family of cats Mm -hmm. that inherited a fortune back in 1910. Uh, and I will also say that it got a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: That's kind of my perception of this movie. I don't want to down talk a movie I haven't really seen. And I, I'm sure we've got fans out there who really enjoy it. And please, please come I believe and let our us know. past
0: guest, Marjorie, was excited that this yes. was the next one. So I'm sure there are other people out there. Yeah, it's just one that fell through the cracks for me for whatever reason. I just never saw it. There was no, you know, rhyme or reason. It wasn't like, oh, I don't like cats. I'm not going to watch it. It wasn't something like that. I just never saw it along the way.
1: Well, it's. It's got a lot going against it, uh, in my book, in that it is mostly cat-based and also based in Paris. Uh, we know the French and the Jenkinses have a long mm. uh, history of, of, of butting heads. Butting
0: heads. Well, it is the third uh, Walt Disney movie to take place in France. Can you name the other two? We've talked about them We've, up to now. It's the third movie. Okay, to so take
1: Cinderella place. is France, correct? Mm-hmm.
0: What was the other one?
1: Give me give me a second. We're going to Yeah, and the, the other one doesn't
0: out. explicitly say it's in France, but it was set in in France.
1: Mm, oh, it's the the dinosaur scene from Fantasia that was in France. No, I don't know. What was Sleeping it? Sleeping
0: Beauty. Sleeping Beauty is in France? Mm-hmm. No kidding. It's supposed to. Yeah. I've taken place in France. No
1: way. That wasn't me, like, calling you out. Oh, no, that's fine, yeah. I just didn't realize that. So,
0: what I found interesting is the Scat Cat character was originally going to be Louis Armstrong, Mm -hmm. and so he was drawn to look like Louis Armstrong down to the gap in his teeth, down to him playing a trumpet, mm-hmm. and he was originally going to be called the Satchmo cat. And I don't know if you know why Louis Armstrong was called Satchmo.
1: I don't know. I think you I believe yes. you've told me and I forgot. So there are a
0: couple different accounts, but essentially Satchmo was referred to leather satchel or satchel mouth. So it was actually kind of a cruel nickname in the beginning oh, because he would puff his cheeks out like Dizzy Gillespie did mm-hmm. when he when they would play trumpet. But Louis Armstrong kind of took it in stride and it eventually became an endearing nickname. So a lot of his closest friends called him Sachmo. So mm. it was something that he kind of turned around. But I believe the origins of the name was kind of to poke fun at him a little bit. But yeah, he was supposed to be called Sachmo Cat. But Louis Armstrong, unfortunately, was too sick to play the part. And I looked it up. This came out in 1970. Uh, Louis Armstrong passed away in 1971, but he had several heart attacks. So mm. I would imagine that... He either had had a heart attack or was recovering from a heart attack, probably when they were trying to film this, and that's kind of why he wasn't uh he wasn't in it.
1: And you know the the actor that took his place though, right? Yes. Scatman Cruthers. Do you know Scatman Cruthers? I know he, the you name. Do. Yeah. Now you've recently seen The Shining. Yes. It's uh oh, it's O'Halloran, the uh the other oh, yeah. the man who could also speak mm-hmm. to, to it's him. To what is his I, why am I not remembering the danny oh my god heaven alive i couldn't remember that but yeah it's it's he's he's the one who could talk to also talk to danny mm-hmm. he's also he's done a bunch of other uh um uh voiceovers he was the he was famously jazz and autobot transformer and mm-hmm. uh you know transformer stuff he was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest i got a bunch of stuff for him but yeah he uh He's been in, he's been in a bunch of stuff. I I love his voice. Yeah, it's a very distinctive. voice.
0: Yeah, well, and they also say, and you would know this more than me because I've only seen this next movie once. But Scat Cat supposedly appears in Robin Hood.
1: Now, I I I'm going to look for that now. But not having known, uh, oh cats, yeah, I, re- I guess that's
0: I, yeah. You wouldn't have necessarily recognized it was Scat Cat.
1: Yeah, and I I can kind of think of who they're talking about. I don't think it's a speaking role, but I think it's someone who mm. shows up when they're dancing after the archery tournament. Yeah. Um.
0: So the other thing about this film is that it was intended to be live action. I don't know if you came across yeah, that in I your notes. I saw that. I don't know. So it was intended to be a two-part installment of Disney's Wonderful World of Color, which was in 1954. However, Walt is the one who made the decision to animate it. He felt it would lend better to animation, so he made that decision to not go forward with live action.
1: Walt didn't work on this one, but this is one of the last ones that kind of had his fingerprints on it. It was on.
0: the last one that was approved by Walt, mm-hmm. and it's said to be the last last one that includes a walt disney production at the end oh okay because he directly you know had input on it in some way because he had approved it
1: um so there's a i've just got a couple little this one was a hard one to find information about to be honest but i've got a couple of fun uh in uh little tidbits here one was about o'malley the cat um Mm -hmm. who is phil harris's character yes Again, I, th- I feel like we're going to have a lot more to talk about this movie afterwards because I feel like I'm like, uh, O'Malley, uh, is that his name? I don't know. Thomas like, O'Malley, yeah. Right. Um, he was originally supposed to have stripes. And you know oh, I,
0: I read I read this fact, so I'll let you go with Yeah, that, yeah, that they, yeah, go they decided ahead.
1: not to because uh, Wooly Reiterman, the, the director, had worked on... Jungle Book specifically Shere Khan and he oh, said they were too read, hard to draw. Oh, I had read.
0: Yeah, Wolfgang. Oh yeah, Wooly. Boy, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I had read that not only were they difficult to draw, but they were also very time-consuming and it was also very expensive. Yes. So, those were like the three different reasons why.
1: But the reason they found it out was because of his work on Shere on Khan. Shere Khan. And they were like, yeah. Yeah, let's not do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know who else was in the running for O'Malley or at least was considered at one point?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Old crude oil.
0: Oh yes, Bing I did Crosby. read that. I did read that, yes. Uh also <laughs> Also, uh O'Malley's appearance is based on Phil Harris. They said that they drew him very similarly to Phil.
1: Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. I have
0: something that I, I want to propose that he is in our Hall of Fame right Phil now. Phil Harris? No. Oh, okay. But Phil Harris could be. Probably is But that way. um so far in our Hall of Fame is just
1: so far, it's Edwin.
0: Edwin. So I would like to propose adding Thurl Ravenscroft.
1: Oh, he appears because this we one. keep
0: yeah we keep talking about him in different movies. He's the voice of the Russian cat here. So I would like Absolutely. to propose that he gets included into the Hall of Fame.
1: Um, one other story I kind of wanted to tell. Did you read the one about the opening song
0: with the Chinese cat?
1: No, no, no. The opening song with uh, I believe the singer is Maurice Xavier, Chevalier. Oh
0: yes, that they brought him out of retirement.
1: Yes, they talked about that in the that,
0: Sherman Brothers. The
1: did. Sherman Brothers did. They, now, did you did you hear the story about how they brought him out of retirement?
0: No, I did. They not They
1: thought he was perfect because I guess he sang a bunch of like very French life Parisian songs, mm-hmm. and they he had gone into retirement. So Richard Sherman recorded the song, uh, singing like like he was. Uh, I was a terrible French accent, but doing the French accent. And yeah. singing it like it, and, they and sing kind it to of him. hamming it up a little bit. But yeah. then he—it was funny because he—he—they he, sent it to him, and he goes, "Oh, okay, I can do this." And he came out of retirement, did it, and it was the last song he did. And it's funny on the thing I saw Richard Sherman's telling the story and being like, well, "We had to get him." And Robert Sherman calls, and goes, "And when he showed up, all he did was pretend to be Richard, <laughs> like, 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 joking that he was stealing Richard's, yeah. bit." And Richard got a real kick out of that. It's interesting watching them together because he always seems so. I, I've always seen them in. Uh, in interviews where it's like they're it's either them working at the piano and like being very focused or like not in the same room they're separate being interviewed so it's just it was just funny in this thing to see them kind of joke with each other because i don't think i've seen that very often like they seem to have a good working relationship as far as i know Mm -hmm. but anyway um, well and
0: also the what i was mentioning with the chinese cat with the the opening number everybody wants to be a cat originally those lines were sung by the chinese cat and apparently they were later deemed politically incorrect and they were removed from the soundtracks. However, they're still in the home release movie. Yeah, so we'll and get we will say to that. We will say <laughs> that when it's on Disney Plus, what does it say? I'm going to go back to the title con- screen. Include- it says this program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. Yeah, and so it's we've the thing come we've been across about that. For a while. Yeah. yeah, with Peter Pan and several others. So that's in this one as well. Uh, And then I just have two more facts about specific characters, so I don't know if you have anything else you want to share. I I
1: really don't. I I mean, something we skipped in the beginning, the top three highest grossing films of 1970. Oh yeah, go ahead with that. uh, Our Love Story at 50 Million Airport and MASH. Mm. Now, it's interesting because, uh, just to pull the curtain back a little bit, we may have done a mini-tale with 2019's uh, Dumbo last night, and... uh, like we were talking about the top three movies of we're all Disney movies. We're a all Disney movies and b totaled f- almost six billion dollars. Was and, absurd. And just a few, I, you know, it feels like just a few episodes ago we were talking about how things were barely cracking ten million dollars and stuff like that. Yeah. And now we're seeing fifty, forty-four, and thirty as the top three, which mm-hmm. is not much now. But I, I don't know. It's just the, the it, movie it, business is going
0: insane. Well, and it, I feel like it jumped pretty quickly. And I'm wondering how much,
1: how much global, like, how how far-reaching is Love Story going to be as opposed to Avengers Endgame and stuff like mm. that? Like, no defense to Love Story, but, like, in the yeah. 1970s, I think we were making movies for an American audience and not necessarily a global audience. Mm-hmm. And and maybe there weren't that many movie theaters. I don't know. This is a whole history of film thing we should probably get into. But yeah. it's just fascinating to see how...
0: How the numbers... This is 40 yeah.
1: years ago, and mm-hmm. it's, you know... Or 50. 50 years ago, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I just have two more things, and again, I couldn't find a ton of information. It seems like we found some of the same information. Mm -hmm. So the other two things that I have are... Some of Napoleon and Lafayette's barks, they're two of the dogs in the film, they were recycled from Twilight Bark from Mm. 101 Dalmatians.
1: Napoleon, Lafayette, two French generals.
0: Yes, I was just going to... Yeah. No, no, no. That's totally fine. That was my next fact is both dogs are named after those French generals. Mm -hmm. And then...
1: One you'll remember fondly if you've seen Hamilton, which if you haven't, you should really check it out on Disney+. Plus.
0: Yes. And that... Well, and Napoleon is like having a Napoleon complex, I feel like. Is he
1: a smaller dog? Do you know anything about the dog? No, I don't know anything about the
0: dog, so... we we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, but then there are also characters, Toulouse and Berlioz. So do those names sound familiar? There,
1: Toulouse is Le, Toulouse the Trek, correct? Which is a French artist?
0: Yes, a painter and illustrator, Henry de Toulouse.
1: Who's Toulouse with Trek?
0: Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. That's somebody, but, but yeah. yeah, yeah they're, they're, but yeah, he's a painter and illustrator and then Hector Berlioz is a composer. So both French artists. So they are, mm-hmm. there is a little nod there to them. So other than that, that's all I've got, I yeah. think. Yeah.
1: Guys, I, I, we're going to do our best. I, like I said, this is a movie that neither of us are too familiar with. And I hope this is, a, this is you know, we, we're going to do our best with this. We're going we're gonna to give it our go. But uh, we'd love for anybody to hop in. And, and of course, on the I Facebook think, page or anywhere else, like, tell us anything else. Give us your, your favorite Aristocats memories and stuff like that. But Yeah,
0: and I also think it's pretty impressive that up to this point, this is the first one, minus the package films, mm-hmm. that neither one of us have seen. Usually, one of us remembers a movie more than the other one, but we've seen them. But this, I think, is the first one where neither one of us. And I don't know how often that's going to happen. Yeah.
1: So I just this is also and not to disparage just movie or other movies, but this is definitely this is right after Walt's death, and you're going to see a decline in the general idea, the, the the general agreement of quality for these movies for a little bit here. And I the think. direction,
0: I think they, you know, they they struggled a little, not struggled, but I I would imagine they had a difficult time filling the shoes he mm-hmm. was so i think we talked about it in jungle book that he was so clear with his ideas and what he wanted and how he wanted things done and i think that may have been difficult for somebody to try to fill that role yeah so
1: all right guys uh it's time we're gonna pop this one out of the clamshell and stick it in the old vcr
0: all right we'll see you on the other side listeners Are back, uh, and we have some thoughts uh for the Aristocats. So uh, you know, I I thought it was a fine movie. I, it was cute, but uh Ryan was not a huge fan of it. And overall it wasn't like Mm-mm. a really exciting one for either one of us. So we would love to hear your opinions on the movie for sure. And I guess we'll just kind of dive you, right in. I or do you want to talk a little bit about well, it? Well,
1: I wanna say one thing about um The format of this podcast, because I very much enjoy it and enjoy doing it, but the one thing it has going against it is, if I watch a movie I didn't like, I get to relive it again, almost (laughs) in full, (laughs) like immediately afterwards, and it's been a pleasure the other 20 some odd episodes, but this time it's like, I'm like, okay, all right, let's go.
0: All right, well, we'll dive right in, and I'll do my best here, but the opening credits I, I actually really liked. Uh, Because it's kind of like the pencil and ink animated drawings. And it's some of the animation directly in the film. You see some of those sequences in the film. But I really liked how they did that. I thought that was really cool.
1: Real quick. All this felt like to me was a combo of Lady and the Tramp and 101 Dalmatians with cats.
0: I would agree with that. There yeah, a it lot had, it
1: derived from both of those movies. Yeah,
0: and I and I wrote it had a very Lady and the Tramp feel uh, in some ways. Yeah,
1: and I think the like getting back was kind of the Lady the 101 Dalmatians. And this beginning had this had a very similar thing to 101 Dalmatians. I don't know that yes, we've with seen the animation. I don't know that we've seen an animated intro like this in a while.
0: Mm, yeah. And so uh the cat, it's... um.
1: Do you remember any of their names? Duchess?
0: Yes, I have them all written oh, okay, down, okay. but I can't remember which one. The orange one, that's the, the painter. Toulouse. Toulouse. So Toulouse throws, he's the pen and ink drawing, throws paint on a canvas, and then the canvas, It there's colors and it comes to life, and it's the landscape of mm. the city of Paris. So I thought that was a cool way to introduce us into the world of Paris. Uh, and so that's how it kind of transitions from the credits into the movie, and uh, we see it's Paris, 1910, and Adelaide, I believe, is Madame. I believe mm-hmm. that's her name, the owner of the cats. And it's Marie, Duchess Toulouse. Uh, and then you've got—I
1: don't know the the, the dark one's
0: name—Berlioz. Ber- Berlioz is the piano playing one. So yes, he's the he's the darker colored one. Did you? And then feel, you have.
1: Sorry, did you feel like Madame Adelaide? Um, Played like looked like she was kind of drawn differently from everyone else. Like yes, she, she seemed did. less she, cartoony compared to everyone else. She also
0: reminded me of like a more detailed version of Aunt Sarah a little bit,
1: or a kinder version of Lady Tremaine.
0: Yes, yeah, she was a combination of both of those types of characters. But yeah, um, but she was kind as whereas neither one of those characters yes. are. Uh, but yeah, so you it opens up with Edgar the butler, you've got Frou fru the horse, and the cats are riding in the carriage with uh, Madame. I'm going to mm-hmm. probably just refer to her as Madame, yeah. but, because that's how they refer to her. The, the and, cats do, Yeah, yes. and so that's kind of how it opens. And um you kind of find out that the cats like get along with the horse and like everybody kind of gets along with one another. And when you first see Edgar, he's very cheery to her. Like you don't realize that he's actually like really miserable. And I don't know that he is miserable in his job. I think greed takes over for him. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here.
1: I really liked Frufu. I don't know what she had a little Mary Poppins hat. A
0: little a little Mary Poppins hat. Again, the horse from Pecos Bill and several other horses, like their horses are sometimes but, animated similarly but different, you but know, like 101 Dalmatians horse, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, but
1: they did something to make her look feminine. Mm. Like, I, I couldn't quite well, put it Well, she a, wore a hat. She wore a hat as part of it, but like even without the hat, like she looked... It, it was feminine without the whole like eyelashes and, and lipstick, lipstick and, and blah, 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 that. blah, blah.
0: Yeah. So then my favorite character arrives, and that's George the Attorney. (laughs) I love him. He's so old. And he's older than 80 because he makes a comment about how when I was young and 80, I I could I was much not as
1: spry as I was when I was 80. Yes, that's
0: what it was. So he arrives singing Tarara Boomdie, which is just like such a funny little thing. And he arrives in this very fancy car and... She basically tells Edgar you know call the attorney I'm expecting him or whatever and he's very old and eccentric and that's why I really like him as a character and I like this whole bit that he's trying to go up these stairs and you see that the staircase is like very many stairs to get to the top And Edgar says, well, why don't we use the elevator this time? And he goes, elevators are for old people. And so he keeps (laughs) climbing the steps and he's trying to climb and he almost falls and Edgar tries to save him. And then he takes his cane. It's like this whole physical sequence that this, I enjoyed this sequence the cane like goes around Edgar's suspenders and that's when his pants kind of fall the first time and it's this whole bit. But eventually he gets him up the stairs and when Edgar announces him to Madame, Edgar opens the door and he's out of breath. His pants are basically like he's holding his pants because they're down they at like his fall ankles. Down, yeah. yeah, and he's just so disheveled to announce that George is here.
1: I will say that at this point, this kind of, there was a point and it, it fades as the movie goes on, but there was a point where I go, Edgar's right and it was like, He just feels like this working class person who's just put upon by the dealings of this rich upper class who are like, oh, I'm going to give my money to my cats and, oh, I don't take the elevator because... But it's both of them. Both of them just seem like... No, the fact that she wants to give her money to the cats, which is a little bit of a jump ahead, is insane. (laughs) Is insane. And the only reason you think it's okay is because these cats sing and dance and have personalities. In real life, it is crazy.
0: What I will say is I feel like the... I don't feel like she's cruel to Edgar. Like Yes, no. he is the help, but I do feel like she's kind to him. in the elevator, I don't think it's... I, I'm too good to take an elevator. It's I want to walk up the stairs. I didn't say stairs. he was
1: eccentric. No, he's not... I didn't say he was mean. He's eccentric and weird, and he's not... He's just rich upper class strange lawyer who's like oh and then he's like tearing down the man's pants and stuff like that he doesn't realize that no (laughs) that guy
0: you also didn't watch that sequence you weren't on your you were on your phone i
1: saw all i was on my phone looking up stuff for this podcast i want to make that clear yes but no the this this
0: i just think you're coming in hot i'm coming in hot
1: because at this point i was like edgar's right edgar deserves this money okay but then Edgar does some very stupid things to where I go. I think I think stealing the cats and getting rid of them was not a bad plan. I think he, his timing was off, and I think how he did it was dumb.
0: I also think, and again, I think like she seems to care and treat him pretty well. Now, I get it. Again, it's a class system, and there are a lot of negatives there. But like he doesn't look like he's mistreated. It looks like no, he's cared well, for. It looks like he's... He like, had a
1: tiny little room, that kind of but like none of that seemed bad it seemed and he you and that's what
0: i'm saying i feel yeah. like you're arguing that like edgar was put upon and i'm like he was her butler and like her chef he was like the, ha- the caretaker of her but she doesn't have any relatives so he's essentially a caregiver if you hire yes. a private duty caregiver it's the same thing and
1: what I'm saying unlike what you say in the privacy of her own home and on this podcast that I care about the caregivers that I think they deserve bigger rooms and that, that better and you be often- cut out <laughs> and often when we're alone Tara says I think they deserve small rooms and to have their pants pulled down I'm
0: just saying I think Ryan's coming in really hot and is getting a take on this that it isn't that in your face aggressive I think you're putting something there that's not there
1: hashtag caretakers over cats all right continue
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyway the cat one of the cats I think it might be Berlioz starts playing the record player and it's Carmen and Mm -hmm. so we find out that I guess she was a performer I don't know if she was an opera singer or what but we find out that she like performed in Carmen and her and the attorney are reminiscing about, you know, days past and they start dancing and i like the sequence of them dancing and i like that they're friends. Like there's doesn't seem to be any romantic involvement there. It just seems like they've just known each other a very long time. And so she says she wants to make out her will and he puts on his glasses and i love how big his eyes get when they he wears his glasses. The yeah, they fill the frame. I love the that.
1: That's like a cartoon bit i think yes, is really so funny. Yeah, it's kind of like a Mr. Magoo or, kind of a uh, thing. he looks like a as Susie as puts him on. He looks like uh, What is her name? The one who makes the capes in The Incredibles. Edna Mode. Oh,
0: yes. Yes, it is similar to that. So this is where we find out she has no living relatives and she wants to leave her inheritance. And so you've got Edgar who's down in his room fixing, like he's ironing his pants and and fixing them. And it's, I forget what it's called, but it's essentially the old-fashioned version of an intercom system in a house. And so he's listening to the whole conversation. And when... um. I think the attorney brings up, oh, do you want do you want to leave it all to Edgar, or something like that, and she goes, yes, I'll leave it to Edgar, but I don't want to leave it to him first. So at first, Edgar's really excited that he's going to get all of her money, and then he finds out that she wants to leave it to the cats first, and then so Edgar can take care of the cats. So I a hundred percent get that it's crazy to leave money to cats, but I think the way she was looking at it is Edgar will stick around because she thinks Edgar's a good person. Edgar will stick around to care for the cats. And then the cats will be cared for, and then he can get the rest of the inheritance.
1: If if she thinks Edgar's a good person, why doesn't she just give him the money and trust him to take care of the cats?
0: I guess that's a good point. Because I she's think, an eccentric, think rich person. I think non we must bring
1: down the proletariat, the bourgeois, the people
0: will rise up! Okay, this is sorry. what I have to deal with on a daily basis, <laughs> listeners. Uh, what I will say, in all seriousness, I don't know if it's that as much as she does— th- Address that the cats are more family than Edgar. I will say that. Mm-hmm. The cats, like, she treats them as if they're her siblings, as if they are her actual children. Whereas Edgar isn't treated more as a family member, he is treated a little bit as the help. Like, she's not cruel, but she expects him to cook and clean and, and you know, help her with things and whatever. So so that's what I would say there. So when Edgar realizes that, he says those cats have got to go. And so now um, we kind of meet the personalities of the kittens and we see that all three of them are trying to get into the kitty door uh, and it's the outside door, essentially a doggy door, but it's a cat door. And that's when the mom comes in and says, you know, Aristocats don't fight and climb. We want you to grow up to be lovely ladies and gentlemen. So the same kind of class system, the Duchess is educating her kittens, you know, to, to be well-rounded and educated.
1: I would have liked it if this movie kind of dealt more with a country mouse city mouse situation, mm. where it was like they were very pampered, and we see that that makes them a little helpless in the country. Which I mean, we, we, do we a see little, that a little
0: bit, and I. But I, they
1: don't learn anything by the end. They just kind of experience getting. I back think to what their they home.
0: learn is that like that they can lean on people of different background like you know what i mean they seem very open to like learning about the scat cat band and they seem very welcoming of everyone
1: but those guys end up saving them at the end i would rather see i think we're we're setting it up especially in this beginning for them to be a little pampered and they have abilities that can also still be useful in our in our you know we find some way that at the end they're not being saved Mm. they're using what they've learned out in the country yeah i can see that i i love the fact that i love that he that there's a Painting cat, a singing cat, and a piano playing cat. Like I yeah, just...
0: and that's yeah, and that's the next sequence. So yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to go into. So I also really like that a lot. Toulouse is the painter, which makes sense because he's named after the painter and illustrator.
1: And he paints a picture of old pickle puss Edgar. Yes,
0: yeah. So he paints a picture of Edgar, and then it cuts to Edgar who this is where then it gets a little dark with edgar is he w- zoom in on this bottle of sleeping pills and he's putting it in their cream in their milk he's preparing the meal for the cats and he's singing rock bye kitties bye bye you go and then he like keeps humming and then he goes and i'm in the dough like mm-hmm. something a little later so but then he puts like vanilla yeah and, and like cinnamon, cinnamon like, like he makes really? it really good and he I love the bit where he goes to taste it and then remembers that there's sleeping pills in it. And he's like, oh, oh, almost did that. And then it goes back to the cats, to the kittens, and Marie and Berlioz go to the piano. Marie is the singing cat. Berlioz plays the piano. But you find out that all the cats sing because eventually Toulouse comes over and starts playing the piano as well and singing gets paint all over the keys. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it is a sweet moment between all of them and you kind of find out their talents a little bit along the way. And that's when the song, uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's the scale and arpeggio. It's called scales and arpeggio. Yeah. So that's when that song comes in. I
1: remember that because I, you know, when I was still trying, my parents were like, he's we since we got him piano lessons he should be an amazing piano player which mm. is like not how it works you have to actually practice and stuff like yeah. that but like i convinced him to get let's get a a disney book and brought it to my teacher at the time and i believe uh she, she was she was kind of a harsh t- teacher she's nice i had i had a teacher who was very harsh and actually legitimately sucked but this was a nice teacher but she was also she very was strict, strict. And I remember she goes, "This is the one we're going to learn." She opened it up to that page because I'm sure when you look at it, it's like, "Oh, this is a teachable piano song." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "I don't know what song this is." Yeah, like, I didn't remember the it from the movie. I hadn't seen the movie. Well, it has
0: solfege in it, so there may have been another reason she wanted to teach it. Right, because it's yeah. it's
1: and I like and they in the in the Sherman Brothers. One of the few pieces of uh, a video I could find about this movie is the Sherman Brothers talking about the songs for a little bit. And they talk about how like the song is supposed to feel like you're just running up and down the chords Mm -hmm. and and, and like doing the arpeggios, arpeggios, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, And so essentially that's what that is. And like I said, Toulouse joins in. And then the mom joins in and sings with them too. So Mm -hmm. it is a really sweet moment between all the The, cats. The
1: mom who seems to just nothing really truly bothers her.
0: I kind of like that though. I like that she's like kind of easy breezy, like doesn't get. She she didn't come off
1: as easy breezy to me. She came off as flighty.
0: Oh, okay. I kind of took it more as like she just kind of went with the flow.
1: I will say I really liked her animation because it always felt like she had kind of like two wisps on the side of her face that came off, like mm-hmm. when you draw a cat. And they always felt like they were going different directions and they kind of moved in a funny yeah. way. I don't know how to explain it. Like O'Malley had a very rounded face. And she yes. had these kind of like whiskers that yeah. would just move very mm-hmm. interestingly.
0: And so uh Edgar comes in with creme de la creme. A la Edgar. A la Edgar. And uh that's when we meet the mouse. And I love that the mouse is friends with the cats.
1: Roquefort. Yes. Which is a type of cheese.
0: Yes. And the <laughs> mouse is the Winnie is Winnie the Pooh's voice who yes. is Sterling Holloway. Yes.
1: And it's 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 another example of like this is their their uh uh Privileged upbringing. Yeah, They've never had to fight. They never. And had if to. you
0: don't put that together here, you put it together later yeah, when yeah. um he goes to get the alley cat. And
1: that's a good example of like them being brought up a weird way actually benefits at them in because their friend is the mice, the mouse, and he helps them. Yeah,
0: and that's kind of why they be. I think they befriend everyone because yeah. all the animals, the horse, Fru Fru, is their friend as
1: well. Well, they're very likable. Like at the end yeah. of the day, like they're not like spoiled rich people who are annoying. The kids are like little kids annoying, but they're not even that bad. No, but. I think that's why you're supposed to go, oh, it makes sense that they're the heroes and it's not crazy that this woman wants to give them their money because they have personalities and we like them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so the mouse uh, goes to get a crack. He's like, oh, I happen to bring a cracker. He was like hiding it behind his back because he smelled the cream. But it's
1: bigger than he is. Yes. And
0: so they invite him over and he dunks the cracker. And you can see he gets a little bit drowsy before the rest of the cats do. And so he gets drowsy and kind of passes out. And then the other cat gets sleepy. We don't see the cats pass Mm -hmm. out. We just see, I think it's Berlioz. Um it's either Berlioz or Toulouse kind of yawns and then it cuts and it's the next Berlioz. Is it Berlioz I think The so. next scene is Edgar sneaking out of the house at night with the cats in a basket. And so they're sound asleep and he drives them out to the country and he's in like the motorcycle with the sidecar.
1: Motorcycle is generally Yeah, it's I don't I don't know like how a, else to what else to call like it. Like a powered powered bicycle. Like it's yeah. pretty like a dirt bike if they had dirt. Maybe bikes, yeah, a not. dirt bike's a, a better It's also France one is this one is 1910. 1910. I know we just watched Dumbo which is in 1919. So this is 1910. Yeah. Did they have motorcycles? I guess I don't know. Like it's just interesting that they have these motorized cars.
0: Um the Oldsmobile, the first Oldsmobile came out, I did in my Mary Oldsmobile not that long ago. So I was looking at Oldsmobiles. Uh, and the first Oldsmobile, I think, came out in 1904 or 1905. Listeners, so. I, I
1: may have said this on the show before. But I do want to point out that Tara mistakenly thinks she's bad at trivia, but then is able to pull out stuff like this all the time. And it's so funny because I'm always like, it's always stuff I never think of because it's mine's like limited to fiction and pro yeah. wrestling. And her is like, oh, and then the like, it's like Slumdog Millionaire. Like, what what, <laughs> what did you do to get that answer?
0: Yeah. Well, no. And the reason I remember it is because we were when we were talking about Oldsmobiles, the first one was uncovered. It was an open mm. air car. And then I want to say in the 60s, Oldsmobile comes out with a convertible. So it's kind of fun that they went full circle. Um, but anyway, the first one, I think, right. is 1904, 1905. So I guess it's feasible that this kind of motorized, not a motorcycle, but a like dirt bike Vespa type thing. Right, is, right, right, right. Is what he's using. So he's in that and every time it backfires, his hat pops up. And I know you But really the rest liked of
1: him that. is so stiff.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's only just the his hat, hat yeah. pops. Yeah. And so this is when we're introduced to Napoleon and Lafayette, the two dogs, and they're hearing Edgar approaching. And so they go after Edgar and they attack him. And this is a whole physical sequence that you really just have to watch it if you're interested in it, because there's a lot that happens. And I don't know that us describing it is really going to do it justice Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of back and forth between the dogs and Edgar. Uh, But eventually, Edgar drives away. There's this whole sequence where he's driving like under the water and up under a bridge and like going around in circles. Uh, And he's a little tattered by the end of it. And he's so spooked by the dogs, the sidecar breaks off. And so he just goes away back on this uh, motorbike. And we see that what wound up happening is the basket flew out of the sidecar at some point and it's under the bridge in the water and the cats have all been scattered so all the cats are kind of all over.
1: this so just to bring these up this is Pat Butram and uh, George Lindsay as Napoleon in Lafayette and they were they will we'll hear them again in Robin Hood as uh, the sheriff of Nottingham and Trigger mm-hmm. but they're also kind of from the Andy, Griffith, I think they're from the Andy Griffith universe. George Lindsay played Goober Pyle, which was Gomer Pyle's cousin. And uh, Napoleon played Mr. Haney, I believe, in uh, Green Acres. Oh, uh, With with the other Gabor. Oh, Um, okay. So, yeah, they're they're kind of like a – not exactly a comedy duo, but they'll show up again in Disney and they have worked together outside of that. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of other uh, kind of this era uh, television stars – Fru-Fru is played by Nancy Culp and possibly her final role, if not one of her final roles. Nancy Culp was... Uh, oh, my gosh. Let me look at her characters in the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, Miss Hathaway.
0: Mm, oh, the, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: The, the uh, secretary, which yes. you might enjoy if you've ever seen the Beverly Hillbillies movie. Yeah, Do you remember who was played by in that? Girl Lily Tomlin. Yes,
0: yes. That's right. I was like, I have seen the movie, and I was trying to remember who it was. Yes.
1: She's apparently also in The Parent Trap, but I don't remember oh. that part. But anyway.
0: Well, and The Hound who is Napoleon reminds the bloodhound, right? Is Napoleon. Yes. Reminds me of both the hound in 101 Dalmatians, as well as Lady and mm-hmm. the Tramp. It's, he's got a little bit similar characteristics yes. in a way. Uh, but we find out about the cats being thrown and Toulouse says he had a dream And, you know, Edgar took us and he goes, it wasn't a dream. It was real. And even the mother, no one believes him. They think it was a dream because they all come out of this like really like disorienting slumber after being drugged. And so the mom's like, oh, no, Edgar loves us. Like he cares for us. He would never do that to us. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't see how that could happen. And then the thunder comes and the rain comes. And so they all get back in the basket. And the mom, I like that when you see the next morning, all the kids are in the basket and the mom is sleeping outside of the basket which leads me to believe she was like trying to be protective overnight and kind of watching out for them. So I, think I really she's a good like mom. that. Yeah. And Patricia
1: is a pretty good mom in this.
0: Yeah. And so uh, it cuts to Madame, and she wakes up from a terrible dream in the middle of the night with the storm. And, you know, she's like, oh, gosh, I. I can't believe it. I thought the cats were gone. I'm so glad they're here. And she starts calling out for the cats, and that's when she realizes that they are gone.
1: Let's talk a little bit about Edgar's plan because the, the we talked about the will was the cats were going to get the estate and after then, she passed away. After she passed, and then he would get it from the cats. I, and and this is my thing. This is when I go. I turn back and go. Well, Edgar's dumb. He doesn't deserve this money. Why did Edgar? Why didn't he wait until she passed? Well, to and kill I the thought cats? at
0: first he was dosing her with the sleeping pills at first and I was like well this took a dark turn and then
1: later there's a part where you say well she's gonna pass from loneliness yeah I thought which would have been another very dark turn it would have
0: been a dark turn but that's where I was looking at it like well maybe that was his motivation was you know she'll have nothing to live for when the cats aren't there. But I guess she's living to see them return. She's yeah. hoping they make their way back to her.
1: It makes no sense. He should have just, I mean, it wasn't going to change. Whenever he killed them, wasn't going to change him not and getting the money. And she could have
0: just gotten new cats. Like, what if it, a year could have gone by and if the cats never came back, she could have just gotten another cat if she was lonely. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, or I wouldn't feel have... like, yeah, or
1: I feel like, the movie should have been them. Like, he has to wait for a certain time for some reason. I don't know why. But he's going to kill her. Like, we make him a more sinister bad guy. Yeah. And he's going to kill her two days from now because, I don't know, his. he ran out of arsenic and it's going to come back. He's yeah. Like, or whatever. And then they have to get there. There's a time crunch on them to get back. Mm. And then they Makes stop it more him.
0: urgent. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know. It's just yeah. kind of like, he's, he's very bumbling. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't.
0: He reminded me of Jasper a lot. The way he was animated.
1: From, well, yeah, kind like, of a. Yeah. He's a little guttier than Jasper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
0: wasn't as skinny as Jasper, but like kind of in his face, some of his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. But then we cut back to uh, Duchess, and she wakes up to hearing Thomas O'Malley singing, and the whole time, all I could think of was Blue, because it is these, you know, he doesn't do anything to his voice to change it. It's the same voice you hear as Blue. And so for me, it really took me out of the film. Because all I could hear was blue. And I feel like Winnie the Pooh's character, his voice, Sterling, did that to me in the beginning. But now we've seen Sterling in so many different roles that even though I hear Winnie the Pooh, it doesn't take me out of it as much because we've seen him as many different characters. And I think because we just watched The Jungle Book, it's literally the movie before this one. But
1: also this song is a pale comparison of the bare necessities. Yes. It's like, I just do whatever I want. And it's like... He comes in singing it and then he's just singing it to her and he doesn't really He's do- kind of
0: flirting with her a little bit in the song.
1: But like he doesn't really have much to do and the jungle book blue's doing all this stuff and they're moving down the river and they're doing all this Yeah. Things. And this one he just kinda like walks around like he hasn't introduced himself so like he just kind of circles her. Yeah. I don't know. And
0: so he sings this song and yeah, it sounds like you weren't I I wasn't like this song was fine, it would like I liked the, arpegg- the scale and arpeggio song better than this one. If- Agreed.
1: And I also have like a burning hatred for the scales and arpeggios so, due your, to my history. Yeah. So that just shows you how much of a meh song this one is. Yeah.
0: And so the kittens are observing him as he's singing and all of these things. And this is where I wrote, it has that lady and the tramp feel a little bit. Uh, and so he thinks he's just kind of like whining and dining like he's schmoozing her and he doesn't realize she has kittens. And so yeah. I'm glad that,
1: he didn't go, Well, a kid. Yeah. He just kinda was surprised didn't... like, Oh, okay, I have to shift
0: My thinking and, yeah. and my perspective. Yeah. I'm glad that that's how they wrote he... him and Because st- they could have especially for the time period, they could have written him to be really put upon that she had kittens. Well,
1: but... I wonder if like this was starting to become I don't want to say divorce was in vogue or like any or any of that, but there was this situation was happening. I you know, it happened with my grandparents way before yeah. this, but I think they were kind of they're in the minority I feel like when they were divorced yeah but I also think that they make him you know not necessarily a hero immediately but he's definitely a good guy from the go After, yeah
0: yeah and so you know he was trying to schmooze her into you know we'll ride on a magic carpet and you know doing all these kind of like imaginative uh, descriptions and so then the the kids are asking about a magic carpet and he's like oh I'll show you one and so he must know that the milkman comes by at the same time every day or whatever because he sees this uh, car come by, this truck. And he sc- I like any time that O'Malley scares humans because he becomes this big furball. And like I like the animation a lot. And we, so he scares the driver we, to make the driver stop.
1: The driver being our first actual French person. person Sacré in- bleu! Yeah. yeah, Okay, and I want to talk about that for a sec because just in that... that- Cat family we have the mother who's a Hungarian, yes. the two American boys, and the British
0: Daughter. Daughter.
1: Why does I that bothered me so much that she had a British accent and none of the other ones did. Yeah. Why?
0: I, I that <laughs> I cannot explain. Uh so He scares the driver. He gets all the cats into the back of the truck. And he's not going to go with them. He's like, you know, this will get you back to Paris. Like, I'm so glad I could help. You know, Duchess thanks him. It's it's really kind. And then Marie falls off. And Marie is kind of enchanted with Tom O'Malley. And I think that's part of why she falls off. Because she's staring at him and, and they hit a bump or something. And then O'Malley saves her. And then he is hanging on kind of the flatbed part of the truck the opening and then they pull them up so now they're all there and now it cuts back to at the house and you've got the mouse and the horse and they're so sad that they can't find the cats and the mouse is is talking to them about it And meanwhile, Edgar is so cheerful. He's singing and he sings songy and he's so happy. And then he says to Fru Fru, he goes, can you keep a secret?
1: He comes in and James Bond villains his whole plan to the horse.
0: Yeah, because he's like, can you keep a secret? Well, of course you can. And he laughs at himself and he goes, I've made the headlines. And he shows the horse, the newspaper, where it says mystery catnapper or cat burglar, something like that. And it says, you know, it, it must have been someone with a lot of expertise and they left no clues and so Edgar's like really impressed with himself that he did so well and he goes there's no clues to implicate me and then he remembers that when that whole physical sequence happens with the dogs he leaves without his hat without the umbrella without the basket for the cats and also the sidecar is Mm -hmm. all in the country so it all could be implicated back to him so he realizes he has to go back tonight so that's his plan and then it cuts back to the cats in the truck and uh O'Malley does this thing about the magic again, the magic carpet, and you know, you've gotta like wiggle your nose and close your eyes and cross your heart and Which
1: is charming, but like this whole him teaching the magic never really goes anywhere. Yeah,
0: I think it's more of them I think it's more of him like trying to be endearing to them. And he and, is. Yeah, and he's trying a charming, to charming and they ch- all fall in love with him, all of the kittens and the mom, I he, think, pretty he's quickly.
1: A, he's a charming, endearing character, but he has no arc. Yeah. Like, he doesn't go anywhere. Like, he's just...
0: Yeah, I would agree with that as well. So, he pulls back the blanket or the cover. It's, like, kind of like a burlap uh, sack or whatever. And under it is a pail full of cream. And so, they're, you know, they're all excited. They were hungry, so they eat. But then the driver looks back and sees that there's a bunch of cats in his truck. And he freaks out again. And, you know, it goes off the road. And he chases all the cats out. So, then that's where you get glimpses of... Duchess realizing the world isn't as she thought mm-hmm. because she calls him a horrible human. And O'Malley doesn't go too much into it, but he says, "Yeah, there are there are lots of humans out there like that." You know, and kind kind they don't deep dive into it. It's kind of just one or two lines. Uh some are like that, I think is what he says. And so then they're walking the train tracks and then a train goes by. So that's kind of like an intense moment because the train goes by, they go under the tracks, but the tracks is over the water and Marie falls again and so and I
1: turn to Tara and I go is every are we is it going to always be the girl cat that gets in trouble that O'Malley has to save
0: yeah and luckily this is the last time that that happens so they don't overdo it but uh, I think doing it more than once is overdoing it but so O'Malley he doesn't even think about it he just dives right in which I found really endearing that like he didn't like pause he just went for her to go get her and um Duchess follows alongside on the land so she's like running and following them as they're in the water and then this is where we meet the two geese well,
1: the, the, another thing they do is he gets the the marie back and he's like don't worry about me i'll just float downstream don't worry about it
0: oh that's right yeah I they think kind we of meet separate from minute, and the geese, the geese show up yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so he and he basically is like i'll i'll catch back up with you guys kind mm. of a thing so we meet the two geese who are twins amelia and abigail and they are just something yeah they're funny <laughs> So, they're walking from England, and at this point, Ryan says, well, how did they get there? Did they swim across the channel? And later on, they say that they've done a lot of swimming to come visit France. So, I guess that they did. Uh, But they see O'Malley in the water, and they think he's learning how to swim. And I do like this whole (laughs) bit of, oh, we have to correct him. He's not doing it right. Like, we have to show him how to swim. Meanwhile, he's just trying to not drown. Uh, you know, I don't know that he's trying to learn how to swim as much as like he's trying to get out of the water. And so they're trying to teach him and he's holding on to like a vine and they're like, oh, well, that'll never do. And like they snip the vine and he goes under the water. Uh, and at one point he gooses them. He picks their feathers. I Again, I think he plucks their feathers to try to like hold on to them. Right. And so then they see all these bubbles under the water and they're like, oh, dear. And they dunk their heads under, and they're like, oh, we have to go deeper. And they go deeper, and they pull him out of the water, essentially. So they essentially save him. And this is when the Duchess and the Kittens come back. So now they're all together.
1: And they keep having to insist, like, tell us, the audience, they're English, they're British. Yeah. Because everybody has a British accent anyway. Yeah. Like, Edgar is very British-sounding. Madame Mm -hmm. sounds British. I think George kind of has one, too. Like, they're either, like, British or English. So... There's no way we would know they were any different than anyone else. Yeah. Even though they're in France. I yeah. just think that's so funny. And so... There's uh, no there's no attempt other than the the cream truck driver to go, to, to make and anyone... And the beginning,
0: the opening song. The,
1: yeah, the opening song was just super like, Yeah. what kind of cats like to... I don't know. I can't A
0: think little that. bit like uh, the chef in Little Mermaid.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Louis...
0: Uh, So the geese find out you know they assume that O'Malley is her husband and when they find out he's not they start kind of picking him apart and they talk about him being a philanderer and he's taking advantage of Duchess and Duchess tries to say oh no like he's our friend granted they haven't known each other that long but he has done a lot in a short amount of time Mm -hmm. to kind of prove to Duchess that like he's kind of a stand up guy So she sticks up for him there, and then the geese say that they're also going to Paris. So they find out everyone's going to Paris, so Duchess says, oh my gosh, you should join us. And of course, O'Malley's not super thrilled, because these geese are a little intense. Uh, So they all go to Paris, and they align them up, and they go, think goose and march. And so all the cats kind of waddle and follow the goose movement as they march to Paris. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, they're going to
1: see Uncle Waldo. Have you yes. mentioned Uncle Waldo? I haven't. I was just about to mention it. I was just yeah. they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I think they do mention they're going to Paris on holiday to visit Uncle Waldo. And so then we cut to Uncle Waldo, who's at La Petite Cafe.
1: Yes, the little cafe. Yeah,
0: at La Petite Cafe. And uh, it cuts to him, and the chef basically kicks him out of the back of the restaurant. And you hear him hiccuping, and you notice that all of his tail feathers have been plucked off. And so we're like, oh, he's drunk. And then you find out that on the menu, it was stuffed goose marinated in white wine. And so the reason he's drunk is because he's been basted and marinated in wine. They
1: keep referring to him as he's marinated. Which yes. At I, I, I first I was like, oh, great. Here's another drunk character. There are two alcohol jokes in this that land pretty well in my opinion i thought yeah
0: i liked the uncle waldo thing and i thought it was funny thinking about oh the chef was prepping him to cook him and that's why he's like been in this wine uh and so there's a little bit of a sequence here and then the geese the twins kind of take him and they go off into the night essentially they they it's like a weird exit of them leaving
1: these geese could have not been in this movie at all and it wouldn't have changed it darn thing like yeah it was kind of, i was just like okay it was
0: fine yeah and so then it cuts back to the mouse and the horse and uh the mouse wants to roquefort roche Roquef- i'm never gonna remember it roque- that's what roque for Fert. Fert. roquefort
1: and and what's the horse so, yeah
0: so roquefort is trying to figure out when Edgar's going to leave because he wants to join him, and so when Edgar leaves on the motorbike, he's kind of in the busted-out light from the last time he went he's got out got to the country. Little mouse goggles,
1: yeah. We so talk about his little
0: Sherlock Holmes outfit. No, we didn't. He has a cute little Sherlock Holmes outfit that is very reminiscent of both the Rescuers and the Great Mouse Detective. Yes, and so. Uh, he winds up, Roquefort winds up falling off. So he doesn't get very far and falls off the motorbike. And it cuts to Edgar back in the country and he's sneaking around trying not to wake the dogs, but he's got like squeaky shoes. So you can hear him everywhere he goes. And then you see that Lafayette and Napoleon have his hat, his umbrella, the basket and the sidecar. And they're now like their new beds Mm. and like they're very comfortable. And so, um, Napoleon hears the squeaky shoes and so he's trying to figure out where they're from. He can
1: identify as like, there's a hole in the right one. Like, yes, love- yeah.
0: He, he's very specific with the sounds mm-hmm. and being able to identify it. And then Edgar takes them off. So now it's quiet. And he brings his fishing pole with him. And then you see he's in the haystack above them and he's trying to fish to get his hat. He's trying to get the hat back with the fishing pole and this is all a, the other stuff. This
1: is another very physical.
0: Yeah, another very physical back and forth. And so, like, at one point he starts scratching. Napoleon's back. Napoleon thinks it's Lafayette. So, like, there's that whole bit. And um, Edgar finally gets his hat. He gets the basket and he gets the umbrella And then the dogs wake up and are wondering what's going on and the shoes are still just there and Lafayette winds up walking into them. His back legs walk into him and they start squeaking again and so then there's a whole nother bit of, you know, where are the squeaky shoes? Uh, But what eventually winds up happening is Edgar leaves. He winds up leaving and who is it? It's uh, Napoleon says, you'll never believe this, but it's a one-wheeled haystack that he hears, like, rolling away.
1: This is, again, I think, like...
0: It was a fine sequence. No,
1: I just think you need to see it to kind of... Yeah, yeah, I I can't imagine someone listening to this and being like, what are they talking about? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I tried to just pull out a couple pieces of it, but yeah, I thought it was a funny sequence. But yeah, it is a lot to describe. So it cuts back to Paris, and the cats are walking on the rooftops, and the kittens are so tired, but Duchess is really wanting to get back to Madame. She's so worried about... Madame, she's like, you know, she's going to be missing us. And O'Malley says, "Well, I have a place for us to stay, and then we can continue the journey tomorrow." My pad, my pad, yeah.
1: And she seems obsessed with calling with it calling that. it a
0: pad, yeah. And you know, when he sees where it is, he points it out to them, and he go and you're hearing some music, and he's like, "Oh, Scat Cat and his gang has dropped by. They're real swingers." And she says "swingers," the way I, she pronounced "swingers" every time she says it. Probably
1: a joke making fun of her Hungarian... Maybe.
0: And so, like, all the cats are in the band, and then the song Everybody Wants to Be a Cat comes into play. And the Chinese cat is very problematic, so... Oh, no, flat-out
1: racist. It's not problematic. He he literally just yells things... First of all, it's a Siamese cat. First
0: he says, let's rock the joint, but in a very stereotyped accent. So
1: let let me cover this. He's a Siamese cat, which is Thai, who does the uh, stereotypical Japanese thing of switching your L's and your R's. Yes. Which is not... Okay, so now we got Siamese, Japanese... He's and called he, the
0: Chinese cat.
1: He's called the Chinese cat because he yell he yells out...
0: Wonton... Wonton
1: Hong Kong egg foo young. And
0: has chopsticks playing on the piano. On the piano.
1: So that's Chinese. So they didn't even... Get, so it's just Asian. And that's like beyond problematic of just like, oh, they're all the same. Like yeah. they screw it up so bad. And it's and it very gives- short... And it has nothing to do with anything, and it could have just not been there, but it is... And
0: apparently it is cut from like the music soundtracks, but it is still in the original. And again, we've talked about not wanting to... There's something to be said about getting rid of it altogether, because you need to acknowledge that it happened, but... What I will say is, it does it shows that Disney does not have a good track record when it comes to having a Siamese cat as a character. Because, or yeah, to Asian Americans, yeah.
1: This made the Siamese cat song seem slightly less bad. Like
0: the Siamese cat song is much longer of them being inappropriate and and offensive. But yes, the moments that were offensive here, I think were stronger. Yes, this, if I, that makes sense.
1: It was, it was stronger. It was it was completely. Blatant and had nothing to do with anything and they just threw it in to get a laugh.
0: Yeah. Oh, and the same thing with the symbol when the symbol's on his head. Symbols on his bit. head like a rice pan. Yeah. Hat.
1: It's it's bad. Yeah,
0: so but then it goes into a dance sequence. So once those bits are out, they you know, we're past those. There's the dance sequence and Duchess starts playing the harp. And I do like that she knows how to play the harp. I mean, it of fits her character. It fits Uh, that there would be a harp in that house. And so all the alley cats come to listen. And so the the song slows down a little bit here as Mm -hmm. she's singing and playing. And, you know, you've got some of the alley cats coming and listening. And then it goes back to everybody wants to be a cat. And then there's the sequence where the piano, they're playing it and dancing so hard that the piano falls down each... They're, they're
1: stomping on top of the piano. Yeah. And I very have a very vivid memory of that visual of they zoom outside the house and you see like the flashing lights, and the, the cats just go BAM, BAM, and yeah. they're like going down. And different story colors. By story. I will say
0: too, like they're all different colors. Like the, the colors are very bright and changing mm-hmm. during this whole sequence. The other thing we observed too is they were saying that they drew Scat Cat to look like Louis Armstrong. And at one point Ryan asked me you know, what makes him look like Louis Armstrong besides the fact that he has a trumpet.
1: And he's a dark cat. And he's a
0: dark colored cat. And so the other thing that I read is his teeth, they're just really far apart. I don't know. I'd call they don't them look a look gap. Like,
1: it like, they look like fangs for yeah, a cat. Yeah, yeah.
0: But Louis Armstrong did have a gap in his teeth, but it didn't resemble it in a way. And his face was round. Louis Armstrong kind of had a rounded face. But other than that, and his fur color, that, that was... Yeah. yeah. So that was another thing that could... I think could be problematic there, like when you're looking at it from that way. I um, think,
1: uh, as a parent, the the most problematic thing is the racist Asians chants. because, because
0: it's very catchy and it's easy to mimic, and so your rhymy, child could yeah. then just go around mimicking that chant and yeah. not know what why doing. it's harmful or yes. think
1: it's okay because it's funny. Yes, so that's the I l- would like, agree with that, which is unfortunate because. Spoiler alert, this is the best song. This is yeah, the best it's a great musical song. number. So. Yeah,
0: uh, and probably the one of the most famous. I mean, I knew the song even though I'd never seen the movie. I knew yeah. the song. So then Duchess tucks the kittens into sleep in this house. It's an abandoned house, and her and O'Malley are kind of overlooking the city scape, and you know. Marie's watching and this is where you can kind of see they're really falling for one another. You know, she's thanking him and, you know, they're talking about what it would be like and Duchess says, oh, I'd love to live here. And he's like, why would you want to live here? Like, you you have like this grand house. And she's like, I think if it had a feminine touch, you know, and they're talking about like living together and and him, you know, being there for the kittens and having a fatherly figure. It is a very sweet moment between them Mm. and their tails. They hold their tails and their tails intertwine, which is... Something that a lot of times in Disney movies, uh, with animals to kind of show that they're, um, being affectionate with one another. Uh, and so, you know, it ends with her saying, but I could never leave Madame. And so she goes, we have to go home tomorrow. And my first thought was, well, why can't O'Malley just come with them? And... She never asks O'Malley to come. O'Malley doesn't ask to come. And in the end, spoiler, he winds up living with them. With,
1: like, no... It wasn't like it was a big leap to get him there. Yeah. it's... It's... So, the next day... Solo stakes. Yeah.
0: The next day, the cats are walking, and they show him the house, and he's so impressed with the neighborhood. And the mouse sees them and the mouse is so excited and it cuts to Edgar and Edgar is by the piano, I think, with like a champagne mm-hmm. bottle and he's drinking and celebrating that like, you know, everything's great. Cats aren't here. Now I just all have to stuff. wait for
1: this woman to die. Yeah,
0: like I still, I'm like, I feel like he's prematurely celebrating because she could live another 20 years. Yeah. Like, she could outlive him. Like, you don't know, like what could happen to Edgar. So he's not the brightest guy. So, um... So the cat door is locked. They try to get in the door. It's locked, and they're all meowing. And that's when Edgar hears them. And The mouse tries to stop Edgar by tying his shoelaces together. So that's another little funny bit. And he's trying to tell them not to come in. And Edgar winds up opening the door and scooping them up into a sack. So he immediately scoops them up. And this was so heartbreaking to hear Madame come down the stairs. Because she's like, oh my goodness, I heard them. They're back. They're back. Open the door. Let them in. And Edgar plays along right with it. And he throws the sack in the oven. Then plays along right with it. And opens the door and is like, here, kitty, 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 and like does this the whole thing. The way
1: animate his mouth when he says kitty, yeah, just his lip kind of moving a little bit. And him bit. articulating kitty yeah. with the
0: T's. Uh, and it's so sad because then she's like, it must have just been an old lady, you know, wanting her cats back. She says something like oh. that. And it's it's a I really I missed that
1: part. I thought maybe she said like there must have been I an old she, lady I heard instead. No, of,
0: <laughs> I think she call, like she refers to herself as an old lady and being like I must have imagined it and mm. I just thought that that was really sad too. And so the mouse hears them in the oven and they basically say you need to go get O'Malley because when Duchess leaves it's it's a very, like... They give a
1: goodbye. Yeah, yeah, they give
0: a goodbye, and it's it's not drawn out, and it's very much like...
1: Well, he flat out says, why don't we make this short and sweet so yeah. it doesn't hurt as much.
0: And so they leave, and so he's walking down the street, and the mouse comes after him and says they're in trouble, and he says to go get the alley cats, go get Scat Cat and his gang. And this is when the mouse is like, but I'm a mouse. Like, What's you, the mouse's name? Roteford? Yeah. I It's mouse in my notes, because okay. I couldn't remember it, so... <laughs> So he's like, but I'm a mouse. You want me to go get yeah. the alley cats? And he's like, just tell them my name, and you'll be fine. They won't hurt you. So Scat Cat doesn't believe Roquefort and he says O'Brien.
1: He can't remember it because he's under pressure. Yeah, he gives O'Brien three, O'Grady.
0: O'Malley, no O'Malley's the name, and it's one more O yeah. uh, name. And so right as they're about to like, I guess eat Roquefort... Uh, he's like, O'Malley. He's like, that that darn O'Malley cat. And then they were like, oh, Tom O'Malley. So they all go running. And this is the other alcohol joke. Is there's somebody sitting, a Frenchman sitting outside a cafe drinking wine. And you see all the cats running and the mouse chasing after the cats. So it looks like the mouse is chasing cats. And he looks at them. He looks at the bottle of wine. Now oh. it's mostly full. And then he just pours the whole thing out. So
1: going back to my love of 007, there is a guy who does this in like three uh, Roger Moore, James Bonds. They do that joke in three of them. It's the same... Actor
0: doing the same joke, doing
1: the same like <laughs> drinking something and looking at it, like, and it's like, yeah, it's like remember you saw this scene where it's he his gondola in Venice turns into like a hovercraft and starts driving, oh out, yes, and then he does it in another time in like octopussy or something like that, but he does it a few times, but it's just mm-hmm. it, I I. It's a stupid joke because no one has ever thought, like, I see crazy things when I'm drunk. Like, or
0: I thought he was looking at it as the wine must be tainted because I think he was looking to see how much he drank. And when he realized the bottle was full, he was like, something's up and then just poured it uh, out. May, that I, was how I read I into guess. it. To but me, I guess it could be either way.
1: But I just... It's it's a stupid joke, but it always, ma- it always makes me laugh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so... uh we cut back to Edgar and he's like, well, now I'm going to really make sure you don't come back. And he puts them all into a chest, like a crate, and it's sending it to Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. And so O'Malley comes in to rescue him with fru the horse and they wind up, uh, Roteford picks the lock on the chest and the cats are able to get out and Fru-Fru kicks Edgar into the crate. So the crate gets locked up, Edgar's in it, and then they come to pick up the crate the shipping people, and they, for all we know, that's where Edgar ends up. He's right. he's going to Timbuktu. That's the last we see of him.
1: You forgot the part where Roquefort yells, quiet! And even oh, Edgar yes. stops, because stops. apparently he speaks mouse.
0: Yes, and the Scat Cat gang come yeah. in here, and they also attack Edgar. So it's a whole other physical sequence that I didn't really go into. Um... And so then it cuts to Madame taking a picture. And now you've got O'Malley there with the rest of the cats.
1: And she like combs his hair yeah, the middle. Yeah, she parts his
0: hair down the middle. And she says something about how... If it's too bad Edgar didn't know about my will or he wouldn't have left. Yes, they how. he's she, just Yeah, she thinks he just like left. And she's like, if he had known that eventually he would have gotten the money, he, sh- he would have stayed around. Uh, and then the lawyer is back and because the lawyer's there while she's taking the picture and she's like, well, we have to get back to the will and she talks about how she has a new foundation and it's for all the alley cats of Paris.
1: Well, he hears the music, yeah. Yes,
0: and it's for all the alley cats of Paris and then I said, <laughs> her house must stink because she's now she's got... All these alley cats, the horses. She's got all these animals. And and the horse
1: is like coming into the house. To and also no sing. one. And
0: Edgar's gone. So who's cleaning? Who's exactly. cooking? Yeah. So we'll just
1: see how extent how her stuff works when she doesn't have Edgar, the caretaker, there to take mm. care of her in the house.
0: Mm-hmm. But, and that's how it ends. So that's that's pretty much the end. So uh, I guess we'll go into the questions. It was a fine movie, but it's not one that I would be clamoring to see again. And it's definitely not at the top of my list. And I'm looking at Ryan's face. And from his hot take at the beginning, it's he's not a huge fan of it either. I have
1: no interest in this propaganda for rich oh eccentricities. Uh, how was the princess? I think the princess in this one would say it's Duchess and her daughter and her kids. I
0: thought Duchess was actually, she was one of my favorite characters. I thought she was a really kind and loving mother and she's protective of them. Um,
1: I came around on her a little bit during our course of discussing it. I mean, she's, it.
0: she's privileged, yeah. but her owner's But privileged.
1: they don't go into that very much. Like yeah. She is from an outside perspective, but we as an audience only watching this movie are never at the idea that that privilege has anything wrong with it. Not, yeah, that, and not that it we does, have that has to be the point of the story, yeah, but like, and this story and these characters I think she were was, just
0: she was a kind, privileged person, which yeah. is fine. There are kind privileged people out there. So
1: that's but that's not my point. My point is like she started at here, at like here, and she maybe changed like the Yeah, meter she didn't have didn't much of an anything. arc either. Her arc was yeah. she fell in love with O'Malley. And, and there didn't seem cared, to be any. and
0: she was protective of her children when they were out in the wild. But, but that
1: wasn't an arc. She always seemed protective of her children. Yeah. Like it was just they just were. Okay. Like, and the same thing with the kids. Like, they didn't get, like, more street smart. They didn't do anything. They just had, like, they had personalities, and they had to get back. And, indeed, they did that thing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the thing with the kids is I don't mind that the kids didn't have an arc as much. Like I think if you were gonna do an arc, it should have been with Duchess or O'Malley or both. Right. Right? Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think that the kids also had to have an arc. I, I think
1: you could have and I think it would have been more interested if they did. Yeah. Because then the next question is how was the prince, Prince being O'Malley? And O'Malley he was, was just
0: fine. Like I didn't not like him, but I didn't love him. He was fine. I liked that. Like I said, we talked about how I like they could have easily written him to be put off by the fact when he found out she had kittens. So I like that quality about him.
1: But again, like the only implication of why he couldn't there was there was any sort of barrier to him just living with them was the the implication that he was an alley cat, which they don't even really go dive into that much. So it's yeah. just, you know, casual classism. Um, how was the villain? Oh, wait, oh, sorry, we'll skip that one. How was the sidekicks? I liked the scat cat gang. Excuse the obvious and racism. And
0: I, I liked Lafayette and Napoleon. I mean, I don't know if they're de- the definition of sidekicks, but as side characters. It's kind of
1: always uh, evolved yeah, into side, side characters, characters. Yeah, as side
0: characters, I really liked them a lot.
1: I did too, but like... I can see. It felt like they wrote the movie and go, they went, we need something else in here. So they had to write all these Napoleon Lafayette. They didn't tie into the main story hardly at all. Yeah. It was just. They
0: were very separate. It, was, yeah. it, it did feel very separated, but I liked the scenes they were in. They
1: were so separate, in fact, that watching it, I remembered that they used to take their sections out of that movie and just present them as shorts. Mm. Like I watched. That's the part of the movie I've seen. I remember Napoleon yeah. Lafayette. Um, favorite musical number?
0: Everybody wants to be a cat, I think. I except agree. the parts that we Excuse, said shouldn't, yeah, yeah. The, yeah that aren't appropriate.
1: Uh, does it hold up drinking and smoking?
0: There's none of that in there. Yeah, so. there is.
1: There's there's the the marinated goose is. Oh yeah, yes. The the one guy and drinking the, the uh, guy drinking wine. Edgar is drinking to celebrate. I think he's also smoking a cigar, but like it's that sort of stuff. Uh, guns and firearms, female character agency. It's it's fine. Like nobody like
0: there were no guns and firearms. By the well, way,
1: well, yeah, there's none. Sorry, yeah. I usually kind of just say it there, but just skip it because we don't talk about it much. Uh, which, if he'd had a gun or a firearm, maybe this would be a shorter movie. He would have gotten <laughs> the job done. Oh my goodness! Instead, he's like, I have to take them took out to of town. Real, took
0: it to a real dark. It's a place. cat, and
1: it's Paris. Paris is huge. There's certainly there's parts of Paris you could just dump them and they never make it back. Come on, um, fair, female character agency. Uh, the, the one character's a mom, like she's fine. She's kind of the lead, but
0: yeah. And the madame doesn't have yeah. any kind of an arc either. So
1: ethnic representation. I think we've covered the issues yeah. there. Uh, so let's go ahead and just take a moment and let's do and our, rank our rank Edgar. So Edgar, uh, frightening.
0: Mm, I'm going to give him a three because the sleeping pills, like I wasn't expecting him to dose them. Mm-hmm. So that that to me was a little bit shocking. So I'm going to give him a three.
1: I give him a two, and I think that's generous. Uh, uh Funny. I'm also going to give him a two because I think he was supposed to be funny, but I didn't really find him that funny.
0: I'm going to take my three down to a two now that I think about it. I'm think, yeah, because I'm thinking about my ratings on other characters. And, okay. Yeah. What's your funny? Uh, I would say a two as well.
1: Okay. Uh, fierce is a fat, a fat one. one. I'd
0: give him a negative if I could.
1: Yeah. Effective. He he got him in a bag, and he got him out of town, so to me, that's a two.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, his goal was to get the money from the will. And again, we went into why that's not possible until she passes away. And he didn't so, really get
1: them where he wanted to get them. He dropped them. He just, like, act- yeah. He's, he's so a bumbling I'm going to give him a two. Yeah. Uh, design... I think that's a two as well. I, I For me, I liked like every time he was disheveled. He looked like a disheveled slob. But to me, that's also not super interesting. So yeah. i don't much higher than that. But I think they effectively made him look I'm like. I'm going to give
0: him a two. Yeah, because I didn't not care for his design. But it was it was fine.
1: Go away heat. I'm going to give him a three. But I think he's getting more than I typically would give him. Because I think this movie had some go away heat with me.
0: I'm going to give him a two for go away heat. Okay. Because there were some some scenes where I was like, okay. Uh,
1: yes factor is a one. A
0: one. Yeah, that's another one where I'd, I'd probably give him a negative if All I did. Right.
1: Okay. And uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have our second worst villain.
0: Really? Coming in
1: right above Aconcagua, but, but below the wolf
0: oh, from Peter and the Wolf. Oh, my goodness.
1: At a 12.5, Edgar from the Aristocats.
0: Wow, I, I didn't know. expect him to be that low. Here's
1: the thing. I liked him better than Mr. Winky, but I think Mr. Winky gets higher than him.
0: When frightening?
1: No, because of go-away heat, because Mr. Winky oh. had a five. And I think the wolf is, a, is... I think this is actually pretty accurate. I thought Edgar stunk.
0: I'm just... I'm surprised because I feel like I thought he would rank a little bit higher in the ranking. I knew he'd be at the bottom, but I'm not... Like it doesn't bother me that that's where he falls in. I think I was just surprised. Yep. So, so. let's
1: let's ask that final question. What do you think? Does this end up on our shelf? It, I, I can tell you where I could. What it I goes think. in my drawer. Really, I put it in the vault. I, I don't ever vault? have to see this again. And and the vault doesn't necessarily have to be like it's it's not like. The, the the you know, this is the unmentionable movies we shall never speak of again. Okay, because that's how I
0: look at the vault. Yeah, then mine would go in the vault. Yeah,
1: if I never watch this movie again, that's fine. Yeah. And I also think it's got some problematic issues. I
0: do understand, though, how it could be nostalgic if you watched it as a child.
1: Let let me put it this way. I thought some of the animations in this were absolutely fantastic. I thought some of the more visual sequences, although Mm -hmm. kind of silly and out there, like when... The ones that we went, hey, you have to watch these, were great. And I think what that shows is the impact that Walt Disney had on an animation-driven studio. The animation continued to be uh, really, really good. And but it the,
0: continues to grow and evolve yes, over the years. But
1: the story was... like, There's no story arc to any of the characters. Because I yeah. think those are things that like Walt looked at and goes, hey, we need this and we need this. and and, and people would eventually do them, but he was good at identifying what needed to be there. And this and was what, in what the transitional
0: time. Out. He had passed only... What two or three years before this came yes. out? Maybe four years. At the I think three years. Yes. he passed in sixty-seven.
1: Um, I think this one had some of the worst pencil, like graphite rubbing situation that we said we we've seen since. 101 Dalmatians and in the Xerox era this one was the most egregious to me in a lot of parts is
0: this also a Xerox yes okay
1: Xerox lasts for quite some time into the 80s oh okay so I in fact they probably still do it now but there's probably a better and method a different of it process yeah, yeah, yeah. Of doing it. um but uh it was just there were so many just w- what they've called hairy lines like the outlines were just you see stray pencil marks and like Some of it, it it was just, I don't want to say it was ugly, but it just, it wasn't as pleasing. It was the least pleasing movie I think I've seen in the Disney group so far. And it just, it just, the animation and what they did, like we talked a lot with Marjorie about the weight of the characters and things like that and the way they moved looked good. But like, I think they're also cutting corners because that's what animators want to see. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they got so excited during 101 Dalmatians because like, oh man, it's our drawings. It's not like. We draw them and then someone redoes them and does this and this. I think it takes them a while to regain that magic that yes, they lost when they yeah. lost Walt.
0: And I, we're going to f- kind of follow that trajectory mm-hmm. along the way. But I am curious, listeners, if any of you out there, if we've offended you, if you know this is one of your favorite movies or if you're nostalgic for this movie for any number of reasons, we would love to hear it.
1: If if this offended you, I, I stress that you maybe not put your personal identity into I don't... Maybe offend,
0: <laughs> maybe offend is the wrong word. But you know what I mean? If somebody... I, I don't think Mar- if
1: someone loved this movie, I'm not judgmental of them.
0: Yes, and that's I guess what I want to say because if somebody was judgmental of Mary Poppins or Sleeping Beauty, I would be ready to say this is why that I don't believe that. And
1: and part of why I'll say that is because I think without with with when looking through a critical, objective lens our next movie, which is my favorite Disney movie, Robin Hood may not be as good as I once thought it was. And I'm going to not look at it that way because this is my podcast and I'm and just going to enjoy movie. it. It's yeah. my favorite movie. But I think there's an argument to be made that it's in the same Xerox era. There's a lot of repeated animation. There's stuff, you know, it's 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 kind of piecemeal story. There's a lot of things going to that. But that will be the first and last bad thing you hear me talk about Robin <laughs> Hood because that is our next movie. Thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time for the best movie, the best Disney movie ever
0: alright you heard it here (laughs) listeners take care thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries
1: if you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com
0: or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is too at trpdiaries
1: check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries
0: Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast and many more
1: Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review.
0: Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. ¶¶